Hey, y'all. Thanks for checking out the Atlanta Sports Guys here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Uh, this particular uh, episode comes out every Saturday morning on this very feed. So if you like listening to all things Atlanta Sports Guys um, and just want to be uh, in the know with Atlanta Sports, just make sure to subscribe to this feed and uh, look out for this particular episode every Saturday morning. Uh, Garrett Chapman, Max Markovich, and myself talk all things uh, Atlanta. This week, very Hawks heavy uh, with the NBA tread deadline coming and going um, we talk about uh, what the Hawks can do this summer where the rest of the season ends and uh, Trey's workload and just what the the Eastern Conference now looks like and what the Hawks are up against all that and more on uh, this edition of the Atlanta Sports Guys if you like uh, listening to this uh, very podcast please do make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts uh, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, make sure to go subscribe to the YouTube. Every episode now on YouTube as well, so you can watch us, uh, the Chase Thomas Podcast YouTube. Like, subscribe, share it out, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. All right. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. Welcome back to the Atlanta Sports Guys here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I am now joined by number one in the house this evening. It's Garrett Chapman up there of 92.9 The Game because Garrett, Garrett, you know, like there's a lot of different things I like about you, but number one is your time management skills. That's one of my favorite things about Garrett Chapman working in the radio business. He understands the importance of time because like when you have radio guests, that come in and out of the show, they have to they have to hit that time at four fifteen, that eight a.m. Whatever it is, you have to make sure that everything hits when it needs to hit. You got to get that ad read in when that that wall. Exactly, exactly. So that is why you are undoubtedly the number <laughs> two Atlanta sports guy this week, Garrett. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. It's a good week. Good week. It Beautiful good day. Week. Also, you're missing out up there in Knoxville. It is it is quite possibly one of the nicest days uh, that I've seen in at least the last like two or three months. Well, hold on. It's been beautiful all week, and it's, it's true. beautiful no, here today. today. It's like it's like sixty-five degrees outside in Atlanta. Mm. Don't get mm. better than that, man. Come on, Garrett, beautiful. a big uh, a big weather guy <laughs> um, down there, also in Atlanta, Georgia. Mr. Max Markovich, number three this I earned, evening. Yeah, yeah. I earned that. I, I, I'm wearing that. I earned it. There's another reason uh, Garrett's number two, though, and that is mm. he currently looks wildly <laughs> like Kevin Herter. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is recorded now. And so mm-hmm. the people can see that A, <laughs> Garrett has red hair and yep. B, looks like a guy could be the younger brother of Kevin Herter, older brother. I guess it'd be older brother. Yeah, I guess he is younger than I am. How's that make kinda you feel? To think about. Kind of weird to think about. Yeah. How old is Kevin Herter? He's like, what, 23, 22? He's younger he's than be a, any of he's us. He's got to be. Yeah. I think he's got to be at this point, 23, 24. Um, because what's Trey? It's now I don't want to do this. Because Cam's 23 or 22. I think Cam's 21. Trey's 22. Cam's, and her I thought was Cam was 22 now. Hold on. Now I got to pull this up. Now we're yeah, all Kevin down to 23. Yeah, Cam's 22. Let the record reflect we made it two minutes into the podcast before <laughs> mentioning Cam Reddish. Who <laughs> was he like 50-50 to get a DNP these days. He played last yeah, night and was actually okay. Um, I don't know if y'all watched it, but I did watch the his his minutes last night for the Knicks. So, no, he uh he played, and uh, he might be a part of their rotation. Uh, Thibs might be forced to play a little Cam Reddish, but 
Um, we will be focusing on the Hawks here. Um, I'm not going to lie. I thought about canceling the pod this week because Max was was fired up in the text thread. This is you why were fired up. You fired me. I thought you were saying things that I was like relatively calm, and then you were mm-hmm. saying things that fired me up. Yeah. Um, I think you came. You were coming in hot. You were, you know, not to hijack the uh, the lead of this podcast here, but there mm-hmm. was like a pretty quick, like, just offload DeAndre Hunter conversation um, <laughs> that I think we should probably bring on air because we should probably unpack really where that was coming from. So I saw um, Wes Morton, who I think writes for Peachtree Hoops, he tweeted out about this of just that like they're going to be looking on the the Hawks are going to be on the fringes looking for a three and D buyout guy because too much is falling on DeAndre Hunter to keep this defense afloat. Um, The three of us watch a lot of Hawks basketball. We're going to watch more Hawks basketball. One of the things that we've seen this year that is undoubtedly true is that if your team, like your team defense is predicated on the health and consistency of DeAndre Hunter, that's not a winning strategy. That's not a winning formula. That's not enough depth. That's not going to work long-term. That's not sustainable. Um, When I say I want to sell high on DeAndre Hunter, my thing is that like, I like DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter is a fine player. He'll be a fine player in this league for a long time. This defense is not getting any better. This defense is still a train wreck, especially inside, especially watching the backdoor cuts, especially losing people in the corner. I mean, that Mavs game was one of the worst losses uh, this season for the Hawks. And for me, it's just when you, the reason I was probably more pro, let's see what's out there for DeAndre Hunter at this point was that like, I've punted on the defense this year. I think the defense is done. I think any chance this team's going to get in the top 15 consistently on defense is, is over. Um, I also am worried that that point by Wes, I think is well taken is that like when you watch these games, it's like clearly that's the biggest difference between this terrible Hawks defense from earlier and the, where it is now, which is still bad. It's just not atrocious. Um, but the offense is still great. The offense is top 10, top five in the league. That will continue to be the case. Um, but my thought was that like, okay, some years you just kind of have a wash year and this team's a play in team. They will be in the play in. That is where they're at. Um, I don't see a path uh, for them to get out get out of this predicament. So when I was thinking about that, from my perspective, and this is why texting is just ultimately terrible, is like I feel like I can actually articulate and fully explain what I mean here, is that like I would have operated on the like you kind of have to straddle two two lines of the fence here, where I'm like, okay, we still have Trey locked in. We've got a lot of our contracts locked in. Why not? trade our best fat like at least explore see what the market is for deandre hunter because guess what we're not winning anything this year this year is done and that's what i meant is like this year is out of the question like you are not doing what you did in the postseason last year with the top of the east now the top of the east is solidified they are all going for it we have a bunch of top in town in this conference now that is just nicely moved around and it's just i I don't there's no path so with there being no path i was just like okay you can't trade capella which really sucks like that was the biggest like if we could have moved capella at the deadline if that was a possibility that would have been priority number one because he's getting worse it's not good anyaka and kongwu needs to play 30 plus minutes a night now that needs to just be the priority number one the rest of the way is anyaka and john collins together as much as humanly possible to see what that four or five group does because I look at the rest of this season as a an experiment of like who stays for next year, who do we not need for next year, how do we fix the rest of this? Because you're not going to make the Ben Simmons for Harden type trade mid season, but you can explore Bradley Beal this summer. You can explore the bigger trades this summer. So I want to see what the rest of this team looks like down the stretch with the, but also not operate under the assumption this team 
can compete on any real level this year. That's over. They dug themselves too much of a hole. It is what it is. DeAndre Hunter is a linchpin, and that scares me. That is why I want to move DeAndre Hunter is because he is such a linchpin to everything we're doing right now and keeping us afloat. And that scares me because if you remove him one more time, if something else happens, the bottom really falls out for this team defensively. And I just, I don't know what that means. And I just, I think it means a very unhappy Trey. It means jobs might be lost. It means some really tough decisions this offseason. So I, I don't know. I, I feel kind of defeated this season. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I think I think the disconnect here is that DeAndre Hunter is not a guy. Let's say I accept your premise that they should find the high point of value with DeAndre Hunter and get off, which I I I think is a reasonable argument. Um, you, DeAndre Hunter is not the guy that you put you make available and say, all right, what's your best offer? Come and get him. DeAndre Hunter is the guy that you say, I want Jalen Brown. And DeAndre Hunter is a guy we can sort of work to center a deal around Jalen Brown. I want Bradley Beal. DeAndre Hunter is the guy that you're willing to put in the deal to go get Bradley Beal. So, like, the Hawks weren't getting Ben Simmons yesterday, even if they really wanted to. Um, That was never happening. And so there was no guy yesterday that you're like, I want this guy. He makes sense with this core. So DeAndre Hunter is available in that deal. Um, And and honestly, the best way that, like, the, the best way they can even get to the maximum value for DeAndre Hunter. Um, it's just going to be him finishing out this season strong, healthy, and showing that he can do it for any sort of prolonged period of time. And then you can sell that to teams as he's healthy, he's ready, he played he played great, he can be the centerpiece of a Jalen Brown deal. And so I guess probably this was a texting thing. But where where I have a problem is saying, well, the Hawks are trying to win games now. They are. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're right. Like, they're not winning the title this year. They're not winning the East this year. They're going to be in the play-in. They might have to play the freaking Nets in the play-in. Like, that's a mess. Um, but the Hawks are trying to win games this year. And <clears throat> above anything else, like, I think it's a terrible signal to Trey if you were to say, eh, we're not going to win the East this year. Uh, get rid of everyone else. Um, like. <laughs> Trey is like every other superstar in the NBA. If we show that we don't care about building a winner around him, he will leave. Um, well, hold and- on. I didn't say trade everybody. I'm saying recalibrate a little bit and just be like, who do we still want on this team next year? Who do we need to make sure that we clear the deck a little bit to see what we have in player X? And Gallo, he serves no purpose on this team anymore. Gallinari is there's no purpose um, for this kind of team. Yeah, like, I, I think I think the deadline, the question of the deadline and the questions in the summer are now very different. The question mm-hmm. of the deadline became like when the stars were not available to the Hawks. The question of the deadline became do you want to tinker around the edges to maximize what this team could be? Or do you want to just sort of let this thing play out and deal with the big questions in the summer? And they said, we'll deal with the big questions in the summer. Now, if they go through the summer and they don't address any of those big questions, like I will not be happy and we will have to be having a drastically different conversation. Um, but you have to sort of ask like, what were the questions they were thinking about at the deadline? And if it was like, Oh, let's push our chips in to go get a Harrison Barnes we can evaluate whether that was smart or not. And I think you're saying this season's an experiment the rest of the way, you know, test out what works and what doesn't and figure it out for the summer. And I'm with that um, because I don't think like the move capital T capital M was not there at the deadline. 
And they also would have had to win too many games. Like this, they would have had to go on a historic streak to get out of that top, that bottom six. Like that's just not six down. Like it's over. Like they would have had to do something crazy, like a Bradley Beal, but who just got surgery, so that wasn't even an option anyway. So they had to do. There's just there's too many moving pieces. And the other thing that kind of uh, bothered you guys, I think, was that I was like, I think the East is just locked up for the next two years. And I don't know what that means for Trey, because Trey, like you said, Max, which is a good point, and you have to keep these guys happy, is that like you, he wants to win basketball games. He wants to win. Trey is a top 10 player in this league. He wants to win. Here is the problem with that. The East now has two potentially top 10 players in James Harden and Joel Embiid locked in for at least in this year and next year. Like that, Harden's opted in. Those two are together for at least another year. The Bucks have Holiday, they have um, Giannis, and they have Middleton still locked in. They're still the favorites in the East. Uh, that's not changing this year and definitely not changing next year. Um, and then you look at Brooklyn, who it whatever you want to say about Ben Simmons, and I have a lot to say about Ben Simmons, Ky- as long as Ben and Kevin Durant, really, as long as the second best player or the best player in basketball is in your conference, that's an, just another huge roadblock that this Hawks team so it's like I think they can beat any of those series any of those teams in a seven game series maybe I don't think they can beat them consecutively I don't think the way this team is built is able to pull that off and I think it will require sacrificing a bunch of this roster to get there like it's a who Max wants it's a Towns type of deal where you're going to have to give up four to five guys and multiple picks to get back into that group that tier that tier we saw the Hawks last year in the playoffs if you want to get back, because the East is now, we know what you need. You are not going, the NBA is very, very harsh with this. They are harsh and you need stars and you need multiple stars to win a title. We have one. I love John Collins, but we have exactly one star. You are not winning the East. You are not running the gauntlet with just Trey Young having to do literally everything. It's not happening. No matter how much fun Kevin Herter is, no matter how much fun Nyuka and Kongwu is, no matter how good uh, DeAndre Hunter is defensively, that team is not running the gauntlet in the East the way it stands right now for the next two years. The problem with that is you cannot go into the next two years and just say, Trey, give us your all. I'm sure you're going to love it because he's going to hate it. Like he's going to hate that kind of run for two more years. It's a long time. 24 months of just feeling like you're having to do everything and the East is just unwinnable. We see what these players are like now. They're all just looking for the next thing, and they're unhappy. We may never even see Zion in a Pelicans uniform ever again. We like, I don't even know. Uniform. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. That would I, be great. I, we should get Garrett in here because I don't yeah. want to make this a back and forth. But my, <laughs> my, I think we agree more than we disagree in the sense that like the East is really strong at the top, and it's gotten a lot stronger at the top, and that's a problem. But I also think we've seen that the NBA is extremely combustible. And if you're talking about James Harden and Joel Embiid, let's take James Harden and Joel Embiid. Uh, James Harden, for all we know, could be headed toward a precipitous decline. Like, there's no reason to believe, like, to 100% believe that he is just going to suddenly be a top five to eight player in the NBA again. And, it, it, you know, not even to mention two years from now. Joel Embiid um, is is one of probably one of the two favorites for MVP this year. He is also a ticking time bomb, his body. Um, the Nets. You want to talk about Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons, two of the most enigmatic players in the NBA, and KD, who no one talks about this, but still has not consist- consistently stayed healthy since that surgery. Um, and then the Bucks, who are fantastic, they're great. Um, but the Hawks we should mention be- the Heat too. The Heat are not going the anywhere. Heat are very Jimmy good. and Bam. Yeah. The Heat are good, and but they're also kind of old. Um, and 
Yeah, I, I, you know the Heat were you. I wouldn't you, say they're old. The Hold Heat were you. The Heat were you. Were you than they were me. Um, okay. But the Hawks. Okay, the Bucks. The Bucks are the favorites in the East. Um, mm-hmm. The Hawks gave the Bucks a series last year, like without DeAndre Hunter, without you know. I know Giannis got hurt too, but Trey got Trey got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. And like they played him. Oh, he was on one leg. I think the takeaway, and then I'll kick it straight to Garrett, uh, <laughs> is. You can't operate in an arms race with those teams because you aren't going to get those arms. But what you can do is build the best winner you possibly can and let the chips fall from there. Because in the NBA, the chips move around all the freaking time. Uh, and so that's the directive this summer is, yeah, get a star, get another star, get someone to go with Trey long term. But don't act helpless or hopeless because I'm not saying act hopeless. I'm saying the game has changed. Right, Garrett? Like, I think the game has changed. The gambit has changed where it's like you have to get into the big game hunting now. There's no option that you cannot do the fun. We're going to be deep as crap. Like, we're going to be like that. That's over. So I guess that's the bigger thing is like now we know what Travis Schlink has to do to get the Hawks back into the Eastern Conference Finals, which is he has to sell the farm. Like he has to go all in and that there's no way around it. Like you have to sell the farm for something. You have to do what Daryl Morey just did. You have to do something for your Joel Embiid. And that's his Trey Young. He has to throw him the gigantic bone to keep him happy and to validate his hard work and his all NBA play. Like you have to throw that. You have to do that for him. Yeah. And it is. And there's, there's a lot to unpack here, obviously. So you look at James Harden specifically. So you say like the, the, the narrative has changed. I don't think it's changed all that much. That's always really been the narrative in the NBA is that you have, it's a star driven league. I mean, it has been for. Well, I didn't say the narrative. I'm just saying last year, then last year's narrative and the way the Hawks got to the Eastern conference finals last year was a very different scenario than what you can do this year. I I think that's a, a constantly changing thing. I don't know if that's, that's something that's like, changed forever i mean like that's i mean i don't know about that but um the collection of power certainly shifted a little bit in the eastern conference i really like a lot of the moves that were made in Eastern conference i think james harden on the 76ers makes a whole hell of a lot of sense i think that uh ben simmons on the nets makes a whole hell of a lot of sense especially when you add in seth curry who's one of the best off ball guards in the league offensively i mean he's gonna be fantastic with kyrie irving and and kevin durant when those guys play together if they ever play together. Um, but you put throw Ben Simmons in at a five who who can operate on the ball. It, that's spectacular. That, that group's going to be very dangerous. Um, and looking at them as a play-in team, as a team that you're potentially having to run through to get to that seven or eight seed, that's a little worrisome. Um, so my... I was a little bullish on, on the Hawks last week because um, then they go play the Mavs and they play the Raptors and they look like absolute garbage. Uh, and then they flip around, play the Pacers and look like they can't miss. So Wait, hold I, on. They didn't play the Pacers. They played some guys wearing some Pacers <laughs> they uniforms. Played, yeah, they because, played a, uh, their version of the Skyhawks, basically. Um, yes. It was oh, speaking some, of, Jalen yeah. Johnson and Sharif Cooper have looked good in uh, Skyhawks. They've looked land. good. They've looked good in, in intermittently throughout the yeah but i just wouldn't pull anything from the pacers game that was one of those where john had what like 19 lobs yeah last week was last week was a perfect yeah last week was a perfect hawks week go out there and and beat the suns beat the freaking suns break their streak Mm -hmm. like damn this team could be you know the the, the sky's the limit go out there and just have an absolutely dreadful loss to like (laughs) the the shorthanded maps who get five fouls on luca five fouls on brunson five fouls on any guard who walked on the court can't do anything with it and then go beat the piss out of <laughs> a, D, a G League team, like yeah, basically, it was so Hawks, man. But but one other thing that I'm gonna pull um, 
I, I was checking out Tankathon actually when before we jumped on this uh, on the, well, I guess the pod. Um, the we have the fifth easiest remaining strength of schedule according to Tankathon. The I think it's the third in the Eastern Conference behind what the Pacers and uh, the Wizards and the Pacers I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, two teams who are Wizards. I mean, without Bradley Beal, they're they're not making a play for the that playing game. Um, and the Pacers are way too far back. Um, so really, if you if you look at the the teams that are competing for that playing game, it's basically the teams in front of the Hawks and maybe the Knicks. Um, and that depends on what you think about the Knicks. So I, I think they're going to be in that game. So they're going to have an opportunity to at least push for the playoffs. Um, but really, I don't see them jumping through the hoops like you guys talked about, because this is not a league that's set up for a Cinderella story. It's, that's really not what it does. I mean, the Hawks were a five seed last year and they still had to run through an insane gauntlet. Um, it's really just not conducive for that. Um, that being said, I'm not nearly as intimidated as far as like two years down the road of the Eastern Conference. I still, I, I think that the Hawks are right there with every other team. I, I do think that they need to make a move. I, I think they, I, they still need that second star. Um, but I think you make the right decision on that second star, whoever that is, whether that's Jalen Brown or Bradley Beal or whoever. Uh, I think the Hawks are immediately right back in contention, uh, and they're going to be making a play for the, for the, the, the finals I think, as soon as I, next year. Yeah, I think, I think two things have changed in the last year with the Hawks that like basically shaped this conversation. The first one is they made the Eastern Conference Finals out of absolutely nowhere, and so expectations changed. Um, and so when those expectations change, like we're not talking about a team of 23, 24 year olds figuring out its identity. We're talking about what happened to the Eastern Conference Finals participant last year, um, what's gone wrong and what needs to change. The second thing that's happened, and this is like going to keep getting worse and like devaluing the roster, is all of these young guys are slowly becoming not so young and headed toward not so cheap. And so like like what Chase is saying, building a team of a bunch of young guys with like, you know, ton, tons of depth, all these guys who can play all these minutes is great at first and is great in theory. But if you don't parlay it in time into something real, then it just becomes an expensive roster. That's not quite good enough. And so I think, I think, I think Schlenk knows just as important as it is to like, it, it could really catapult this team if he gets this second star right. This big move that we all think is coming at some point, right? It also could completely crater them if you get it wrong. And so I think it's a really fine line you have to walk of, we have to make this move in time, but we also have to make the right move. Because if you make the wrong move, like you're you're Kristaps you're Porzingis with the Mavs. Um, and that's not what anyone here wants. And so I think it's like, he kept all of his ammo at the deadline because he knows he's going to need all of that ammo in the summer to make the right move. Because in the NBA, you can always hopefully bank on the right move coming up at some point when some star gets pissed off somewhere. And so that's, right what, we now saw, that's what we saw with James Harden. Yeah, that's he didn't bet. want to shoulder that load and, and uh, up in Brooklyn. And then all of a sudden, he's, he's now a 76er, just kind of out of nowhere, it seemed like. Well, I think it's also okay to just flame out. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, Trey, the clock's ticking no matter what. Like, if we're not in the finals or we're not realistically contending for a title, Trey's asking out in the next two years. Like, that's that's going to happen. Um, 
this dude wants to win this dude is the i love the loyalty stuff it's like it's not real like have you have you met any of these guys like it's not it's not real like this is if he is not going to sign up for pseudo contention for eight years in atlanta that's just not not his game and I don't know. Like, I guess you could do the whole Luca thing in Dallas where you just build the whole organization around him and you just let him uh, basically handpick the GM, the coach, the roster, all that kind of stuff. Because KP and Luca didn't see eye to eye. And it was like, all right, bye, KP. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just, I, my whole thing is like, I'm okay with making a KP like mistake for Trey because I, it, we don't know in real time. And there's, it's so much of a crapshoot, especially when it comes to bigs that like, I won't fault the Hawks if they take a big swing on like a car, Anthony Towns or whoever. And it flames out. Like, I'm like, no, that I, I understand why you did it. And if it costs us Trey and cat down the line, whatever it is, and it flames out and we have to start all over. I'm okay with that. But like Max is saying, the minutes are are just they're still logging. The DeAndre Hunter minutes are logging. The Clint Capella minutes are logging. The Kevin Herter minutes are logging. So the more we see of these guys, it's like the Andrew Wiggins thing, or or D'Angelo Russell, or just insert player who people liked a lot when they were coming in of like, whoa, this is what they can be. Cam and Reddish. Cam Reddish, and you see it, and you're like, oh, they're just not like it's not as a like the first round draft pick is far more interesting than the guy who typically ends up being that spot. It's the theoretical player. That is how you get the superstars. I am worried. The longer we drag this out, the more likely teams are like, why would we trade for a, a solid swing guy in Deandre Hunter who attacks sometimes at the beginning of the third quarter. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to get some cardio in or like, I, I don't know. Like the longer you have this, the more likely you're not going to get anything for him. And I mean, thankfully the biggest thing that the Hawks have right now is their picks. The Hawks have done a great job keeping all of those in the chest because that war chest of picks that they have is exactly what you need when you go big game hunting for a star. So I'm glad at that, at that point we have that. It's also, there's a huge difference between trading, trading for a young, uh, you know, limitless potential wing who's on the second year of his rookie deal and a win and, and a trading for a DeAndre Hunter who the moment you trade for him, he, 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 you know, he needs a $25 million a year extension. Oh. It's like, Oh, so like now I have to pay him that. Like, is that, is that part of this deal? Um, and, and like, I think that's why the, I don't want to say like this summer is like a hard cap, but if it doesn't happen this summer, like, I don't know when it can. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's really the scary part is like, all right, you know, we've talked about all this team being so young and having so much patience and Schlank can, can wait for the right guy to come up, but it's really not true anymore. Um, you know, you had last off season, you have the deadline here and then you have the summer and two of those three have now passed. The windows close very, can I very you my, Can I tell you who my pick, who I think that they're going to like what I think they're going to do this summer. Yeah. All right. Here's my prediction. I think with the Nuggets bringing back Porter Jr. and Murray at some point this year, I still don't think they're getting out of the first round. I think this Nuggets team is going to run into a buzzsaw in round one, and I don't think they're going to get out. Jokic might win another MVP, might not. He's still in the conversation. He's awesome. We know that him and Murray are awesome. I think Murray's locked in there for a while, and his postseason run in the bubble is going to keep him keep him there for a little while longer. The we talk about wanting to get out of ahead of something. Michael Porter Jr.'s contracts locked in. They they extended him. Do you know who's also super close to Michael Porter Jr.? Trey Young. And I'm I, out. I I know you're I'm out. out. 
I know you're out, but my pick, if they go big game hunting and they do, if I'm just putting this on record, it is February 11th. I am putting it on record. If they go big game hunting, the person that the Atlanta Hawks trade for is Michael Porter Jr. I is will that say big that game hunting though? In I think a lot I'm of being, fans will see it that way. I think being honest, be, that's not really big game. Yeah, he hunting, scares the, he scares the shit out of me too. I, I mean, mean, I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying I wouldn't do this, but my guess is Michael Porter Jr. is the big fish that the Hawks trade for because I think the Nuggets will want that certainty of like a DeAndre Hunter and maybe a Bogey or some other vets with Jokic and Murray, and they're going to consolidate a little bit. I don't think, and then I could see Trey signing off of like, oh yeah, Michael Porter Jr. is a bucket. And we're just, <laughs> and that's it. Like I could a hundred percent see that. Like that, I could see that. He's like um, a two point buck. If we're talking, let's let's throw around some other names. Um, because this I just depress Max. Like yeah, he's gonna have that nightmares. Sounds, that's, that's that sounds no, terrible. I'm out. I'm, um, out. I'm, I'm not, not. I'm not about that. Because <laughs> that's not this, big game hunting. But not, that doesn't move the needle. For all right, at all. Garrett. This one's Trey this Young one's, thinks it does. I this one is big it. game hunting. I got I got one that is absolutely unequivocally big game hunting. I don't know if the fit works at all. I don't know if I'd be in favor of it. But Donovan Mitchell, it's not happening. Dwayne yeah, Wade literally built the organization around him. They're close. Wade's like a might no. Mitchell might know, get dude, a You're telling me that year. team that team goes out in the first round and he's like, go Bears I'm, out, not him. And he, he sees be, he sees he wants to be there. He sees Devin Booker win a title and he's like, that should be me. Like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go play with with Trey Young and do this thing in Atlanta. I don't. I'm. All I'm his, saying his, is like his profitability is also super capped. He's a, he there. could be a he could be like a really marketable superstar. He is and a marketable he's, superstar, but he's, he's out there in Salt Lake, you know, like yeah. playing for the for the Mormons or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What did they, they do to deserve that? That was a sideswipe. <laughs> it was a sideswipe. It was on the unnecessary. Oh, man. That um, Max Markovich does not speak for the rest of the members of the Atlanta sports guys. <laughs> Goodness okay. gracious! Here's another Provo. As far as like the size of his market, it's, it's not very mm-hmm. big. I don't, I don't like that fit necessarily. I don't know how they work together. I, I really, I want, I want somebody who's going to play at, at a big. I need a big. I, I, I want a big. Carl Anthony Towns, I really love. I know. Well, you, if you're getting a big, then Collins is in the deal. Like that's the whole thing. It's like that's if it's fine. a big. It, okay. I need, I need a, another Col- superstar. Collins I mean, is in the deal. I think a Kong was in that deal. I think a Kong Ooh, might be in that deal. That would hurt, and that would suck. I might, yeah, but the thing is, it's like... We wait, who would y'all be more it, reluctant yeah. to give up with? Would you be more reluctant to give up a Kongwu or Collins? A Kongwu. A Kongwu. I'm down yeah. to give up Collins. Because money, Interesting. Money, uh, I think a Kongwu is going to continue to develop. I think he still has a three-point shot in his arsenal. That he's gonna I'm just deploy. terrified of losing Collins in this locker room. I have no idea what this locker I room really would like turn into. John Collins in a lot. But that's why we need more veteran leadership. That was something that, that we talked about a, l- a little bit pre-deadline. Mm-hmm. This team doesn't really have a veteran leader on uh, at all outside of John Collins. Yeah, like, I think I think Gallo's not a, a locker room no. leader. It's not what he is. He's but he's an older guy. Yeah. Bogey Bogdanovich. I don't I don't know how much Bogey's leading in the locker room necessarily. John Collins is it. Yeah, that's it. And he's twenty six. And DeAndre Hunter doesn't speak. DeAndre Hunter <laughs> Trey Young isn't really that kind of guy. It doesn't seem like it. DeAndre mm-hmm. he's he, Trey Young's a guy who's going to take care of number one, which I'm, it's fine. He's a superstar. He plays well on the court. I don't know how it translates in the locker room, but John yeah. Collins very important. I think the ideal, the ideal situation here is a elite two-way wing becomes available. Uh, the deal is centered around probably Collins's deal uh, to, you know, as a salary, whatever. Um, 
probably Hunter as well. It'd probably be Collins, Hunter, and then picks extras for an like an elite two way wing. And I think like if 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 you're telling me they could get, um, let's say it's I was going to say if you're going to do this, you got to throw. So I just don't think the Celtics have won a bunch. They're not moving them. Like I think they've been pretty clear. No, but I I think it is possible that's a situation that becomes like Tatum is like I don't want to play with this guy. Like there there's definitely like stuff out there where they're like they don't really like each other and they don't really fit that well with each other. They're just both really talented. And I think, I think it could be a situation where, where Jalen says I'm good enough to have to co have my own team. I was going to say, you have my own team. He can't come to Atlanta and have his own team. I'm good enough to be somewhere where I'm coveted like that. I don't know. That's how these guys think I'm from Atlanta. Uh, I could bring a title home. And if you, if you build a team around Trey at point, Jalen Brown on the wing and Nkongwu as like your your anchor big. <laughs> I I just like that construct. That's I don't a top, that's a that's Wait, a hold on. perennial. Who is against any of this? I just don't think it's possible. Like I don't. He's <laughs> like I just don't think that's possible. I don't want to do this because the thing is that we have to like it has to be thinking in the impossible because it's none no, of these. I'm not doing this. It's going to hurt. So what? Your your Brad Beal? Like <laughs> I don't think Brad Beal does enough. I don't think. I think. I think with Brad Beal, the thing about him and Trey, the one thing I'll say about those two, and I get the the actual, I get the concerns, especially defensively. My point is, it's kind of like the Falcons thing, where it's like we're just bad defensively. Like we're probably going to stay bad defensively. We've drafted, we've tried, and it's just it's not going well. I I understand like the the Phoenix Suns running gun, where it's like what let's I I might just go full Providence College. Uh, that guy who just never punted. That's kind of where I'm at with Trey in this defense. It's like, what if we just pretended that we could just outscore literally everyone? And I think in a seven game series, beating Beal and Trey in a seven game series, beating them four times, is just going to be extremely difficult. Outscoring those two would just be extremely, extremely difficult. And also, what people forget, this is an entertainment sport. This is a, an inner entertainment sport i don't care about anything oh, else man. and if we're gonna go down i want to go down entertaining and do you know what would be more entertaining than bradley beal and trey young cooking winning a title would yeah, be more no. entertaining hold on hold on how many teams how many non winning a title why are we doing the winning a title thing like what, what are we doing we're trying to talk about what what i think this do? team i think this team right day, now the goal is to win a championship i think this no, team right now is entertain me for the majority of my nights that's what i want i want an entertaining two and a half hours of basketball that's the ultimate it's like the pro wrestling thing you want to be entertained because the titles would be cool and everything but the nba has like 13 title winners in the last 30 years 40 years whatever it is like it eh, it'd be cool it'd be cool but unlikely like yeah it it's unlikely like it's unlikely we haven't done it yet so if we haven't done it yet and we probably won't do it for a while my whole thing is like you know be fun let's just have some fun basketball let's just see teams try and stop trey young and bradley be on the half court let's just see. win 10 10 games in a row i mean if we're not <laughs> that's, how, that's how you know if we're not trying we're to win that opens Jackson. up a lot of a lot of possibilities here you're still trying to win you're just trying to make it fun let's sell some tickets look at me i'm doing the marketing stuff who needs steve coonan when you have chase thomas on the phone like what are, what are we doing <laughs> touche <Coonan's the> man. <laughs> um i don't know but we'll see i i'm excited i mean i think if we can avoid brooklyn in the play-in if we can I would love the Bulls in round one. Like that's the dream scenario is we want the Bulls. Um, I don't think they can beat anybody else in a seven game series that's currently constructed outside Cleveland. of the Bulls. They can beat Cleveland. I, think I don't think they'll get Cleveland. Team. They'd have to get up to six. I don't think you're getting to six because Cleveland's the three seed as of right well, the now. Bulls, the Bulls are about to 
start dropping. They just, I mean, yeah. they don't have Caruso, they don't have Ball, they don't have their perimeter defenders. Uh, they're they're about to start dropping. Well, a Patrick bit. Williams not is coming back. Well, Williams is coming back. So Patrick Williams is coming back yeah, this year. Yeah, but they, they, he does. He's not going to be enough to make up the difference. I, the Cavaliers, I don't trust their guard play. Um, the Bucks You're are not a the Darius Bucks, Garland guy. Not a, not a Karis Levert guy. Not really. Michigan man. Not really. I mean, eh, yeah, Michigan guy. What a Speaking guy. of Michigan, <laughs> that blowout they had this week out of nowhere. Just oh, an yeah? awful Michigan year. And they're that's just about like, to be a, that's about to be a nine seed. Nobody wants to play. Oh, my God. <laughs> no one wants to play. Y'all are a tournament team. Y'all are a tournament Chase, team. Chase, I brought you this glass so that you could be reminded of uh, a superior program. Big Ten uh, champions. Read that. Hold now on. Now on the video. Hold on. You can you get us right? What? Are we going to uh, keep rolling with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Where I didn't know this was a college day. I would. You got your S- you got your Tennessee SEC champions. Uh, you know, anything well, I've got a, mug. Well, I've got I've got a Bruce Pearl uh, signed copy. Uh, from, oh, that's awesome. He's he's coaching the number one team elsewhere right now. That's true. <laughs> it was a rogue cookout. It was a rogue cookout. There was nothing I could do. Um, Are you old enough to remember the Tennessee's last SEC championship game or like appearance? <laughs> what are we talking? <laughs> Win, win, what, win. 19, that was nineteen ninety eight. Literally, the last time it was actual. Yeah, because they went to they uh, the SEC. Chip. Yes, because they he went. Uh, mm-hmm, and they went against um, LSU in 06 with Eric Ainge and lost that one. And that was the last time they've been there. So, but here's it's the tough. thing, and people forget this: is that uh, the Tennessee Volunteers, per Bill Connolly, the and what we do know is stats don't lie. I'm looking at my football study hall book right here. Is that <laughs> Tennessee is a top 10 team going next year. He oh, and what's Michigan? In a, what is Michigan irrelevant. in Bill Connolly's rankings? Oh. Irrelevant. Oh, okay. Interesting. Irrelevant. I, we, we Number four, perhaps? Where did you release these rankings? Uh, ESPN.com. It's very good. Tennessee has the number three offense going into next year. Number three. That's Behind exciting. Georgia and Ohio State. You should, should and, hang a banner for that. But see, no. Bill Connolly, <laughs> number three preseason ranked offense. Wait, is this the SP Plus? Yeah. All right, hold on. Yeah, it's pretty good. He they don't like Wake Forest, but you go through the numbers. Georgia Tech in for a bad year. Uh, the Jackets. Yeah, who, who saw six? that coming? Uh, at five? No, I don't think you're looking at the right thing. Uh, Oregon's way down. SP plus. Oh no, this you gotta, a year this, old. You gotta, yeah, you gotta look at the projections. <laughs> uh, um, Georgia at number six, and I'm like, uh, all right. No, I think Georgia's number two, and Ohio State's number one, which is what Max is dodging over here. Which is what I said. It's like you got yeah, your one that's, year. No, that's what I said. Big Ten is Ohio State, Michigan, another yeah. tier. No, everyone else. No, that is what Bill Connolly says in those rankings. You can go look. I, I mean, Georgia, Ohio State one, Michigan four, Penn State like eighteen. Yeah, but Wisconsin in the top ten there. Mm, I don't think so. I thought I Wisconsin Tennessee, was. Tennessee's going to be a good team next year. I, I think Tennessee's really if they can figure how to not give up massive touchdown passes to uh, no 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 you, no no you don't get it here. They are and they are entertaining. They may not win, but they, they are, entertaining. are entertaining. They are entertaining. They're going to score Thank a you. lot. Thank you. See, you guys are starting to get it, and that is what people miss. Is like every Tennessee game was an absolute delight. I don't care if we had never won a national title in my lifetime. Guess what? Those yeah, games are amazing on the University of Georgia. Yeah, I mean, and they bragged about it for the entire season. It was great. <laughs> I would hang the banner right now. Like it was great. We had Georgia <laughs> seven dudes out. We were causing them to make scheme changes. Like that is something that Tennessee did, and that is the the just the difference of playing on Rocky Top. You just you just are always going to be entertained, and that's what I want is to be entertained so inside Neyland. Um, Georgia Southern is in for a very rough year too. Mm, 
Well, uh, speaking of Clay Helton effect, we'll see. But they're switching from that triple option to, uh, well, not a triple option. <laughs> well, he'll be on the pod uh, in a couple of weeks, so a, I'll ask him about this game. That's a, that's a really yeah, tough had, transition. We had Clay Helton on, uh, what, about two months ago, right after he mm-hmm. got hired? Yeah, nice I'm excited. Guy. Good guy. Hail Southern. <laughs> Always. <laughs> He really looked Max. I can't get over it. Like the haircut, he really went in there and was he like, "Looks hey, like Kevin Herter." No, this man went into the M M Park barber, and he was like, "Just give me the Kevin Herter. Just when you give post- me, <laughs> give me the cave on." <laughs> when you post, when you post this this uh, podcast on Twitter, you got to just do a side by side. I like it, this. It, it's identical. You really do. It, is this going to end with you <laughs> finally acknowledging that you're? A redhead, like is that where this ends? I'm not. A, I'm not a redhead. I'm. I'm oh, a redhead day in my oh. life. <laughs> I think this is off the. Rails. I don't have the dark brown hair that uh that Max. Max, does. we were so close. Like he was almost there. He just acknowledged. I mean, Kevin Herter is a redhead, and he looks like Kevin. Herter, man, so. we're both just we're both just like very British. That's really what it is. <laughs> I see that. Noted. And more Irish. Me I was going to say you're in the right right continent, just not the right country. Um, <laughs> I got I'm a little really- Irish in my blood. Hey, I got a St. Patrick's Day birthday. I mean, I got yeah. Irish first name. Unbelievable. Yeah. We were so close and he just went back on it. Um, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Garrett. My ID, my ID says brown hair. So you can pick that. They don't, you get to tell them what it is. My you ID says I'm six feet tall. Does it really, Max? Was, you don't know how tall I am. I don't know. I've never seen that. That's what you say to pick up the ladies, right? I'm like mm-hmm. five, I'm like five, ten and a half. On, on a good day, I could pass for five, eleven. I could never pass for six feet. I'm five, ten. I'm five really eleven and three quarters. So I'm five eleven and I'm six feet with shoes. So when I went to the DMV, I like got the six feet because I had my boots on, but no shoes. Five eleven. It's very frustrating. So if people see me without it, it's like you're not. I'm also. This is another thing. When you're super skinny and you're like a run, like no one believes your height. No one. And I'm just. And then I'll stand next to him. Like, oh, okay. I guess you are like six feet. Like it's one of those for whatever reason. If you're super super thin, um, you just look shorter from farther away, and then you get up close, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I guess you are uh, taller than I thought you were." But that is uh, it's a, it's an optical illusion, uh, Michael. Tricks or something horrid. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, oh, speaking of Murder Bill, great show uh, on Netflix. Have you all checked that out with Will Arnett? Murder Bill. Oh, it's so good. It's What's so heard about good. It? It has no business being as funny as it is. Like Murderville is <laughs> oh, incredible. No. That's that thing where they're ad libbing like half of yes. them. Like, they have one person on. Yes. And they, so they play have, themselves. Like, they have Marshawn like, Lynch was himself. People. Conan was himself. And they just uh, it's incredible. Like they just have to go with it and solve the, Oh my just, god. These people are just naturally fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like me and podcasting. It's just it comes natural. You just build it that way. Yeah, like I saw you you did a podcast what with some Saints people. You just mm-hmm. pick it up, man. It just it is what it is. Saints people. Shout out to Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. <laughs> Good dude. Saints people. Look at That's him. the nicest thing I can say. Those those swamp folk. Max I'm gonna, going after Max I'm gonna going after really, Utah yeah. and then Garrett going after uh the Saints fans tonight. I was I was well, I will un- stay going after Saints fans, man. That was an I, unnecessary I shot on my end, I will say. It was it was <laughs> But you can't good. tell me you can't tell me Donovan uh Oh, he's going back in. He's you can't tell me that, back in. that like the marketability the marketability for Donovan Mitchell in Salt You can't Lake tell City me Donovan is, Mitchell dreamed growing up of playing in Utah. Come on. 
I don't John think, Stockton probably did. I think there's a middle ground there. There's a difference between John Stockton. And, I, there, that's the point. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what I mean. that's what I mean. All right, we should, uh, we should wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go dig into these SP plus rankings. Actually, yeah, S and P plus, and also greatest book. Football Study Hall is a great book, um, and it it is a really good explainer for advanced stats in college football. Um, it's pretty great. Bill Conley is just he's just a sharp dude. He's, he's really mm-hmm. sharp. Garrett, there you go. Garrett. I got his number somewhere, I think. (laughs) GCHAP, ATL, Max Markovich, uh, Max underscore Markovich. Both of y'all got it in right there. I don't have it on mine. I don't know. I just don't do it. You're not making the post, though, so I guess that's that's true. That is true. Um, You guys have yourself a great weekend. Uh, Let's go beat the hapless Spurs, and I will talk to you guys next week. Sweet. All right, that's a wrap on this edition of the Atlanta Sports Guys with Garrett Chapman at GChapATL and Max Markovich at Max underscore Markovich. Go ahead and give those folks a follow. Uh, and also, if you like listening to us talk all things Atlanta sports, please do to make sure that you go and leave this episode right now a, uh, a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, please do and make sure to go subscribe on the new YouTube, YouTube, Chase Thomas Podcast. Like, subscribe, share it out, all that good stuff. Uh, go subscribe to the Sports Renaissance Man. Uh, that's me, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com, uh, Chase Thomas Podcast. Uh, dot com for all of your uh, information needs and access to every episode of this very pro- program rather uh, you can find it on chase thomas uh, keep up with me at chase thomas podcast or at uh, facebook.com slash chase thomas podcast uh, wow just it's early we're gonna try this one more time i'm just gonna keep this in who cares uh, facebook.com slash chase thomas writer uh, twitter at twitter.com um, slash chase double underscore thomas and you can always email this very program any atlanta sports questions for us yeah you can do so send them over chase thomas podcast at gmail.com all right thanks guys nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah <laughs>